Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Oriens. Before we get started with this week's episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about a project we're launching here at Bearded Fruit. On May 1st, we'll be starting Everyday Activist, a year-long web project that aims to shine a light on the people and organizations around the globe working to improve the lives of LGBT people. Now, we'll feature real people working in the LGBT community, offering their wisdom, their insight, and their suggestions on how any of us, LGBT or ally, can be a better everyday activist. So each day starting in May, we'll publish a short five-question interview with someone in the community. And the interview will describe the work they do, offer some inspiring words about the necessity of our activism, and conclude with a suggestion of a simple action that anyone could do to help improve the lives of LGBT people. We hope Everyday Activist will inspire people to engage in advocacy every single day of their lives. In small ways, each day, hopefully, we can inspire people to move the world forward. So if you're interested in participating in Everyday Activists, just send us an email at beardedfruitpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you all the information you need to participate. And as always, thanks for listening, and on with the episode. Hi, this is Cody Daigle Orians. And this is Neil Daigle Orians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded, Bearded Fruit. Fruit. Yeah, I, I together. Tried, I tried. I, yeah. You want to try again? No. Okay. Bearded Fruit. <laughs> uh, we are so happy this week to have back the fabulous Patrick McGrady. This is totally a different recording session. <laughs> Hi, Patrick. Hi, I loved it so much last time I came all the way back to Willie. I know. You're wearing an entirely different outfit, totally. as are we. I am. That's a different shade of plaid. It's a different, <laughs> different shade. A Fifty shades shade of, of plaid. <laughs> yeah. So, um, for those of you who maybe, if you missed the first episode with Patrick, Patrick, would you tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do? Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, sociology professor at the fabulous University of New Haven, uh, um, and I do research on gender, sexuality, the body, and completely unrelated, a little bit on education. Excellent. What's your dog's name? Piper. She's oh, the greatest. Love, we love Piper. She's orange. Oh. If you follow my Instagram, it's basically her. Pitch, go ahead. Go ahead. Share your Instagram. It's at S O C C U B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we follow fo- him. It's a lot of fun. Follow him. Like him. At him. I love when you all post fi- pictures of me because I always get like more followers because you all have like. Tons. You're welcome. So this week, uh, because we're we're gonna talk about something that, that we are all experts in, we're gonna talk about bears. Woof. Woof. Girl. Well, part of that is because uh, it's you know we are members of the bear community, or we identify or are identified as bears. And Patrick has done some writing on the subject, research, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the uh, I actually got the state of Florida actually paid me to go research bears one time. Right, you got like a travel grant. I got, and a, everything. I got, a, I got, a, I got a grant for for research to do that. And so we thought we would just have like a little table discussion about um, about bear culture and being a bear and like when did you when did you know you were a bear and all of those fun bear related things. I heard about it in a dream once, and then three Google searches later, this is me. Yeah. So so like okay, how how did you come to know about 
bears because the bear can, like, bear is not necessarily like a main well at the time when we came out not necessarily a very mainstream idea how did you discover bears i have a very sad story so i'll go last alta vista <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah i know yeah the internet <laughs> before google alta vista or ask jeeves if you ask will jeeves. ask jeeves uh, that's Jeeves. What's it called when you really like the hair around a guy's nipple? <laughs> that's a bear. It's a bear. Oh, thanks, Jeeves. Like I remember the the first um, the first like porn site that I found that was like, oh, hello, it was Bearload? Do you remember Bearload? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, like Bearload. That's it was... a new one for me. No, Bearload was it was just um, it had uh. <laughs> The lettering on Bearload was all the letters were made to look like ejaculation. Oh, it was gross. <laughs> we so, are not but, proud of that's, this. That's so classy. But yeah, it was like it was just pictures, and it was, it was most of the time it was the same like twelve pictures just in the so you'd get six pictures per panel, and you could make them larger. And um, I was like, oh, oh, hello, hello, hot hairy guys there was one picture in particular um it's a picture of jack radcliffe the mm. porn actor jack radcliffe and he was in a sauna that was orange and yellow and he's like kicked back leaning back and to being sweaty and you know and that's hot. an old yeah. enough picture that that was taken on like kodachrome or something like that like some poor attendant in a little kiosk had to develop those photos i think it was like... I, I think it was a daguerreotype i think <laughs> <laughs> oh, i was just thinking, i don't even know what these words mean I was thinking disposable camera. It's Could you imagine that? Like, yeah, show off to the camera. Click. The, yeah. Like the little spinning wheel. <laughs> like. I'm sure that did. Patrick, when did you first find out about the bears? It was internet. It was just Googling or not whatever the Googling thing was. Was it just kind of like you, <laughs> you found things and you clicked on things and just like one thing led to another and you found out, oh, this is a niche thing. Well, that and then probably just um, dating you know the my first significant relationship uh person he was very it looked like fit the part and then kind of that's i think probably where most of my education came from with that because we were socialized by our peer groups as well aha uh-huh, yes um thank you for agreeing with me dr mcgrady i try i try but internet internet and then college and then just uh when i first started dating people that was in college mm-hmm. and that was sort of when I kind of noticed I gravitated towards a particular type of person. So, um, Cody knows this. I remember intricate, pointless details about everything. Um, so this is how I learned about the bears. Um, there used to be, I think there, it still exists, uh, but there was this website called Liquid Generation. It had a bunch of like flash animations and games and stuff like that. Um, it was kind of like Newgrounds or Albino Black Sheep, one of those things, but like a little bit on the raunchier side. Um, anyway, they had this quiz, they had all these quizzes you could take to find things out about yourself. And, um, one of them was, how gay are you? And I remember being like 12, maybe 13 and wanting to take this quiz because I was struggling with my sexuality and I wanted to know if this website knew whether or not I was gay. And I remember one of the questions was something like, um, do you often Google the term sexy leather daddy? And I was like, no, but let me try that. And I did. And I was just like, a whole new world. And I was just like, this explains so much. So um, that's how I found out about it. 
A quiz? Yeah, a quiz on the internet that was like essentially like a Teen Vogue, like, does your boyfriend like you or not? It was one of those kinds of quizzes. And then at the end, it, it turned out I'm a huge flaming homo. So you didn't have like, when you were younger, bear type guys that you had make major things for? Uh, like, am, like that I knew or? Or like just in your world. I don't know, but like I also kind of was very repressed in my youth with that. It wasn't really until like my second year of college that I really was okay with very limited kind of identifying as gay. Um, but I think there were probably like certain search terms on on the internet before that that I probably did. But really, it wasn't. I think it was college that, and I think my first kind of like when I created a dating profile online was on a a bear themed type thing i'm not really quite sure what i was hoping for with that but uh, but that's sort of how i met my first you know long-term partner because i remember having a major crush when i was in eighth grade on my pe coach who was like quintessential bear coach cook he was a quintessential bear coach he had like just the mustache and he had belly and he always wore like the athletic shorts and um, I had, I had like a major crush on him and I had all these like mm-hmm. terrible fantasies about what would happen. Like if I was going to, I was going to not do my PE work or whatever that <laughs> meant, <laughs> whatever that meant. I would I not know. do my stretches. <laughs> I will. I refuse. Daggle. Do- I see that you're not doing your pushups. Yeah. Come, come to my office, boy. Right. Like, well, no, like seriously, that was, that was, yeah. And he, he's Quint, he was, he would be considered a total bear daddy mm-hmm. type and i was very about it as an eighth grader mm-hmm. yeah i had teachers where i was like like ooh, hi or like there are teachers that i would see that i would just like be glaring at across the room just like hi you don't have me but i want you yeah like butch mouton mr mouton he taught business, and he had like a his crazy, name was Butch. His name was Butch. Oh, that's time. so southern and Louisiana. And he was, and he was, and he had he had like a full beard, and he was the other teacher I had a major crush on. Yeah, no, and that I mean, it was just college for me. Like I, I think, but part of it was just I grew up in a very very conservative area of the Did country. Did you have any like professors or janitorial custodian workers? Yeah, or? No, there was a custodian in middle school that I like completely desired. Not. I wanted to help him clean up after school. No one in college. It was really just friends in college. Mm. Um, like straight friends. Yeah, but it's weird. Yeah, because I had like this this year of like just like not, like just not acknowledging anything. I was still dating someone like a a, a woman. Um. So I was just, I was very 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 repressed about it until like second year of college and then even then it was still very limited and then i met someone well and then we're happy okay. you did because if you hadn't figured out who you are we would have never met you you would have met me because, because we met patrick on one of those well actually you were following cody on instagram yeah because he's a hashtag queen because he's a <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that cannot be edited hashtag out. yes hashtag <clears throat> queen hashtag insta queen hashtag, hashtag 2400 followers hashtag 
That's like five times the amount of followers I have. So it's five times the amount of followers you will ever have. They're actually no. six times more. Probably. But no, so like like you were following Cody, and then like I kind of existed within that, and then eventually I moved to Connecticut like a couple weeks before Cody came up, and on the site that will be redacted, we met and we were like chatting, and I was like, oh my god, hey, how's it going? And I recall really long nerdy chats about like feminist theory. Yeah. And And, like you're like, I'm a sociology professor. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. (laughs) So were you always attracted to bear type guy? Yeah. Should we start with like explaining what that is in case someone doesn't know what we're talking about? Do you have a sound bite for that? No, I don't. Oh. Patrick? Yeah, Patrick, can you give us the official uh, dissertation? The history? It's just like the the, history. Yeah, the yeah, bear story. So, you know, so where it came from, and all that. Um, so 1970s, uh, sort of like it was a very obscure term, uh, primarily existing on the West Coast, primarily Bay Bay Bay, uh, bay, bay Area, the Bay, bay the Bay Area, Bay Area, um, and um, it was these this kind of cluster of, of guys who were at the time kind of like fed up with what was called the Castro clone look, which is very kind of tight, form fitting clothing and kind of. Uh, not like bulky musculature, but like just, you know, like you look like you can went to the gym four or five times a week and did lots of cardio. Um, so, and these guys would uh, replace the hanky code of the time, which was a, this like this kind of complex code of signifying interest in certain sexual practices, and they would replace that with a little teddy bear they would put in their pockets to kind of signify an interest in cuddling and uh, being a, a, quote, authentic masculine gay man. Uh, whatever that means. Um, and then um, you fast forward a couple years, uh, the other kind of big driver was the HIV AIDS uh, pandemic. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, once once people started getting on medication to, to fight the virus, um, that early medication had a devastating impact on your body weight. Uh, and the, the, the virus itself had a devastating impact uh, impact on your body weight. So people who were kind of looked like this really skinny kind of ideal body type were also assumed to be infected with HIV AIDS. And so a lot of guys kind of bulked up and emerged later on with lots of padding, uh, so to speak. And then kind of the other part is that there already were these, uh, networks of, uh, girth and mirth chapters and cities of chubby men and their chasers. Um, so it kind of represents like this uh, at the time this alternative subculture of people expressing interest in a not stereotypically ideal body type you know the um you know these were people who were kind of into the bigger guys you know the you know people like john goodman or the old retired the retired football player or um you know just things that we don't think as quote stereotypically gay male bodies and that became its own culture. By the 80s, you had Bear Pride things. It was across the country, and now it's to the point where it's a global thing. Almost every weekend, you can find some sort of Bear Pride phenomenon. You have Bear Bars, Bear Publications, Bear Dating Sites, Bear Mobile Apps, everything. Bear. Bear Underwears. Bear Underwear. Bear Movies. Bear, oh. <laughs> unfortunate Bear Movies. Bear movies, um, bear boy bands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot that happened, didn't we? It's uh, and uh, lots of lots of gay men with uh, bear tchotchkes mm-hmm. on there. Bear paw tattoos. Bear, bear paw, paw tattoos. tattoos. 
so um, yeah so it sort of just became like this this thing well at least kind of early on it was just like a person who kind of viewed themselves as more authentically masculine but also not having like the same interests as stereotypically gay men would have had at the time uh and also not a complete focus on you know narrow body norms now we can probably talk about how that's kind of come full circle if we want to but (laughs) well it's it's interesting to me because um and you you've you've told me before about that whole connection with hiv and how healthy men were considered chubby um so to speak um and it's just interesting to me because i'm like oh there's the root of the problematic nature of bears um but i mean obviously like it, it feels like it just kind of started as a problematic thing as the the connection to masculinity the the striving for that masculine ideal and like i know that uh myself growing up um even into college i was very i, I think i i clung so deeply to bear culture and the idea of being a bear because it was masculine and because i could be like no nah, i'm just a regular guy i just like happen happen to enjoy other guys and it, it allowed me to retain some sense of heteronormativity within my queerness. Um, and it, it wasn't until like within the last couple of years moving out here and being kind of disassociated with my childhood uh, home that I've really been able to feel like I can express my gender and express my identity in a way that's much more authentic and much more comfortable. Um, I don't feel like I have to be masculine all the time, whereas growing up and immersing myself within that culture made me feel super like I had to in order to be valid. Well, it's it's. I think I think your story kind of speaks to some of the. I guess there is some some problematic things there, like the clinging to masculinity, but I think there's also some protective things there. Um, so when I was kind of doing the study, I was interviewing some guys who were living in the deep south. Who, you know, you think deep south is not the the greatest place to be a gay man, especially a single gay man trying to find other folks. And so they kind of talked about how the the bear culture to them, apart from this whole masculinity thing, but was that all these sort of symbols that emerge to show a, a, you know membership that are not so known in mainstream culture, whereas the rainbow flag people you know just they automatically know. But uh, this one guy talked about how he put like a bear flag sticker on his car, uh, and they. It was because like he wanted to find friends, but he didn't necessarily want to put like a rainbow flag sticker because um, he didn't want to open himself up to violence. Mm-hmm. So I think on one hand, there's some there's some there's some protective kind of thing. So it's a way of sort of like secretly claiming membership of a group without having to completely out yourself. It's a coded language. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I think I think that's, that's still that probably is still wrapped up with the masculinity thing because a lot of the reasons why a lot of folks are not so comfortable coming out is because of these norms of masculinity so being able to find a culture that allows you to to claim that privilege while still basically having your cake and eating it too um having your cub and eating it too (laughs) there you go um i knew you were gonna say that it's an interesting kind of phenomenon um i think early on it definitely had a um, heart in the right place kind of attitude, especially the focus on body norms. But it's just, it's become a little full circle. It's kind of hard to say we are a group of people that have more relaxed body norms, but in doing so, we have published our own sets of body norms. So it's mm-hmm. it's become a interesting 
kind of I hate to I hate it's really weird to talk about the bear culture because we do kind of identify with it in some way but there are certain parts of it that I find not so great um but at the same time I don't want to like sit here and say all bears are like this or but there's hashtag not all bears not all bear oh god <laughs> I've become that I've become that person that's not what that's not what I'm trying to do here but... no but it, I I think that's I I feel like that's a that that's certainly something I really relate to that this kind of um, not so I don't say love hate uh, relationship with, with the identity of being a bear but but yeah I, I find I find it's both it's, it's good and there are many things I like about it and I that I connect to and I certainly do consider it part of the mix of things that make up who I am but then but I also find it really problematic and sometimes really troubling and i just want to kind of like shake the community and say what the what the effort we you doing yeah it's i mean and for me it's um there's there's parts of me that wish like i I would have not have researched it because i think it sort of ruined it for me a little bit you know um and i had a friend we talked about this because she was considering doing research on on a on a culture that she had some identity with and um I was like, well, here's the the good thing is, is that you have insider knowledge. The bad thing is, is it might you know you might find some things that don't sit so well with you, and that kind of calls into question your own identity. And there was for me, there was a lot of like sitting and just writing and reflecting on, you know, how am I a part of this, and should I even be a part of this, and you know trying to find some sort of happy medium there if that makes any sense but a lot of just wanted to shake like he said shake the community and say like stop being so sexist stop being so narrow in your views of masculinity and well like part of the problems about the the, so many of the problems about the the bear community are not necessarily connected to being considered a bear it's all the other it's about other intersectional problems like if the community Mm -hmm. doesn't correctly address other things and that's Mm -hmm. the kind of yeah, like, uh, <clears throat> like the one of the current um, discourse discourses psh, conversations. Um, one of the current conversations in regards to the bears is um, racial preference mm-hmm. and how that fits in. Um, because, and and going back to what you were talking about with body norms, um, there's something interesting where, like, yes, we're open to we're open to a body type that is not socialized into us as being the ideal male beauty. And we we find a in a subversive sense we find another type of ideal male beauty, but the problem is is that that's still exclusive. Um, it it tends to be a very specific white male body that gets um, ideated. You don't see Asian bears dominating any sort of visual representation, whether that's pornography or like other media. You don't see um, you don't see that happening. You don't see other races being represented. It's almost entirely white um, with like varying shades of olive occasionally. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think it's, um, you're, you're talking about the people who put like on their dating profiles or their social profiles, like no blacks, no femmes, no whatever. Well, I think it's deeper than just that. It's, yeah. it's more than just an overt, like, I think that's it, it, within all subcultures, queer or not, they're still Eurocentric ideals of oh, beauty. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, at least when I was kind of doing this research, I kind of noticed this kind of, I mean, most of my sample was white men, white middle class guys. Um, 
but it was interesting to kind of compare like their narratives versus the 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 people other folks who you know the the latino and and uh, african-american folks that i had interviewed and there seems to be sort of like this like there's those norms exist those relaxed body norms exist but it kind of seems that people who are not white have a lot more interactional and body work to do whereas like the white bear kind of gets um a little more leeway on the size of their gut and other mm. other things if that if that makes sense and it seems to be just there's this idea that it's a larger spectrum for white men mm-hmm. that they can inhabit mm-hmm. um they, they have a greater space within that ideal mm-hmm so how do you guys how do you guys how do you guys connect to the identity of being a bear personally like how does that identity work itself out in you well i uh, for me i think it's just it's it's um what i tend to look like ish i don't think i have all of the 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 pre the prereqs for it but but i think it also just for me it was um just a sort of um it's a it's a it's a quick quick label for for what i tend to look for when i'm dating you know bearish um, bearesque bearesque yeah um <clears throat> the masculinity stuff i mean i say i'm probably guilty of at times having like the whole masculinity thing but you know what i found is that that's all just a uh it's a bit of a facade because i mean uh, some of the people that I know who have like the most embodiment of these gay stereotypes that we tend to associate as not masculine tend to be bears, you know? Yeah. And, and for me, I, I tend to feel like it, 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 it is that, it is that quick, but also it kind of serves the same function as identifying as gay as opposed to identifying as queer. True. Um, it is able to ex- explain it in a quicker way to people who don't necessarily who aren't necessarily a part of that conversation as to um what queer means and what it means in this in in a contemporary context so like i'll I'll just be like yeah i'm gay whatever um so it's like yeah i'm a bear like or i'm interested in bears or whatever it's just it's just quick and simple and it doesn't require me to be like actually i'm i'm open to blah 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 I think I think there's also for some folks and I, I myself included here is that there is some body affirmation. Mm. Um, albeit it's, I'm I'm a white chubby guy, so um, this is coming from a very white male perspective. Um, but I think in, in in a lot of the guys that I talked to, like for them, it was um, there's a bit of a boost to self esteem that there's people out there who who don't have the six pack who don't have the bulging biceps or the or like the v shape that people go for that with the torso um it's a v right yeah v yeah. Or, it's an M. i've never been a v i don't know i've always been fat um <laughs> certainly around uh, the o or a g shape yeah. i'm a zero where it's just like it gets really skinny at yeah. top and then goes out i'm more of a b. Really I'm, a, a b i'm an o with an umlaut <laughs> but like i think i think it's like there's some there's some affirmation there for people who um who don't look the part of the what's considered because even though there are some some problems with with a bear culture and this very white male kind of eurocentric thing to it there is still that aspect of valuing larger bodies that i imagine a kid in rural nebraska 
I'm from a city, I'll have you know. <laughs> rural southern West Virginia. There you go. Rural Louisiana. Make make this into an I statement, There Patrick. you go. That, that confines some sort of like, oh, it's okay that I don't look, mm-hmm. you know, super toned and mm-hmm. super muscular. No, that's super fair. That's how I felt like finding this so i think it's, 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 that's really why it's tricky to talk about the bear culture because it's not a yes or no is it a problem it's not a yes or no answer it's a yes and caveats or no in caveats it's 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 all gray area to me and let's be fair because you're making fun of the hashtags and instagram earlier but there is i, I still find value in the affirmation of guys considering me to be an attractive person let's pull up Instagram. look at all these selfies here no but for real though (laughs) i i don't don't think that's just in in kind of that formative time i think it's still for me what what is what is appealing about about bareness if that is even a way we can talk about it is that it 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 affords Mm -hmm. me some it affords me positivity about my body that i don't necessarily get in other places and it, it it's that's actually very nice because i don't Hey, there's me and me. They're looking at my Instagram. Right at now. a bearded fruit. Yeah. Right. Hundred, I, I've never had a fixture have triple digit likes. That's never Hashtags, man. Hashtags, bruh. He doesn't use them as much anymore, if at all. No, established. You got on the hashtag movement a lot earlier. I did. I'm an early adopter. You're an early adopter. <laughs> I'm a like a, mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah well, and, and I, I agree with you guys, too, that I don't. It, it just feels like a quick shorthand for what I'm attracted to and what I, but I don't necessarily identify, I don't identify with being part of the community, capital C, um, the way that some people do. Like yeah. I feel there are people who really, that be, their bare identity is is a complex, it's not just who they are, but a complex social network of people. And I think the function of a, of a, of a community itself has declined over time. Um, you know, I think for folks who live in less progressive areas like the Deep South or whatnot, that that community has a major social function. Like it's a very quick, like um, easy kind of connection to a gay community that does not quickly paint a target on your back for violence. Um, but, you know, like if I think about the people I interviewed out in San Francisco who were like, had basically I could take it or leave it kind of attitude towards it because San Francisco super progressive area and I think Connecticut's kind of in the same boat we don't I think there are some groups around the area who do it but what I've kind of observed at least in more kind of progressive areas people tend to when they form friendships and and networks within the gay community it's not necessarily focused on the body type or the masculinity that's that comes from the bear community it's just actually other interests like choruses and bowling and other other things that makes any mm-hmm. sense yeah it's it's there's an interest that's found and then the shared trait is the queerness yeah not necessarily the the body type or so i'd be curious to talk a little bit about what sort of seems like the, the commercialization of the bear community, the bear market. You know, because we talked we talked a little earlier about about all the different bear things, like bear hats and bear flags and bear movies and things. Um, but you also have huge bear events and bear runs. So let's talk about that. So it's gone from from a, from a community that was mostly about finding connection with body image and masculinity, and now it's now you can be trespassed from a bear event. <laughs> you know, like okay, so so let's talk. 
<laughs> bear branding. That. Bear branding. Let's talk about that. The commodification of bears. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You give a couple bears some money and they're going to produce some bad art and then people are going to eat it up. I don't know. Like, there, that's the best. I mean... There's there's some good stuff. There's some good art No, no. I mean, for sure. For but sure. there's also some... There's a lot of bad art. <laughs> there's a lot of bad art out there. But I mean, like, that goes for any subculture. Yeah. Like, it's interesting, the whole mark. Because I think, cause I think it's, it's, so, it's been such a rapid change. I think... Really, even like when I was growing up, it was a very obscure term, um, and I mean, it didn't really come out of obscurity until the mid '90s, uh, and even then, it was still pretty. As the internet, the internet, like, is what kind of gave the, uh, the rise, I guess, to it. Um, I think it also kind of shortened people's kind of those those years of. You know, like, um, you know how, like, when you first come out of the closet and, like, you have, like, this, you know, these this this period of time where you're kind of just meandering through a culture that you don't really get um, until you find a place. I think it's kind of shortened that meandering time for some folks because they can Google it or take or take a quiz as someone <laughs> at this table did. BuzzFeed. Everybody at this table. Yeah. yeah true, don't, don't, true. don't play yeah, we that. We all took it. But I think the commodification of it's really interesting. It's just, um, like with any subculture, you're gonna find any kind of money market to it. I think the I think just that I think bears were early adopters there. I know that we roll our eyes at some of the bear related stuff, and you were just talking about like the art is bad, and and yeah, sometimes I'll watch something and just go, oh God, why, why? Um, but uh, but on the other hand, it's also it, it's very understandable for a community of people to want to see themselves reflected in in films or plays or media, and it, that's a positive thing. I understand why people would want that. You want to see yourself in things, and I think especially with with okay, if we talk about gay, gay storytelling, gay characters on television and gay characters in film, they've mostly been thin hot white dudes, white dudes. Mm-hmm. and so Queer as folk. I understand why I understand why there's a great desire to have a film like Bear City exist it carves, so that it carves a space out yeah you get to be you're seen somehow and that's even though like I watch it I don't feel I still haven't seen like the where's the nerdy bear movie where no where you're not going to a bear event but you're sitting at home making a podcast where's that that movie coming in 2019 a new movie written by Cody DeGlorians Nerd bear, nerd bear. So gotta write that musical. Yeah, but you know, like, but I so I understand, I understand the benefit of it. And, and I remember, like, in in, in graduate school, um, I, I mean, I when I found a website that had like T-shirts, like I, I went a little crazy. I bought like three T-shirts, and I was like, this is so awesome, like you know. But and it's like so like subversive because I'm wearing this gay shirt, but no one knows it's. It was like this Apple icon had like a paw print in it or something. I think I still have it somewhere. I, I totally own a trophy cup shirt. Yeah, and... so it's it's it's. I think it's a very kind of quick like, you know. I, I imagine that when someone finds a jersey from a particular sports team that they enjoy. <laughs> I love that bears are sports people. Yeah. Um, the bears, the bears. Um, so I think it's I think it's that people get get so wrapped up in it. And I think, but I think kind of your all's experience also kind of speaks to like the the salience that the identity has to some people. Like, I met some folks when I was doing this research who like that was, that was like their number one thing of who they are. Like mm-hmm. ab- above like their relationships, above 
what they did for work, what they were in school for. Like, the number one thing that they were was bear. Like, that was... And then I met people who, like, it was, like, ranked, like, seventh or eighth or very low. And I think that's what makes it so tricky is that you have people mm-hmm. who might look like the quintessential bear but are, like, yeah, I don't really care. Kind they of. just happen to. Yeah, they might have a few tchotchkes or some shirts or whatnot, but um, they're not, like, necessarily, like, jumping a plane every other weekend to go to a, an event, which is also fine, mm-hmm. you know. God, to have that kind of money. Yeah, I say if I had the money or someone to watch my dog. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like how people use the, the term queer to identify with a politics mm-hmm. or, like, with a with a specific moment in time. And um, even, like, the word lesbian is really connected to a politics, to a way of life, to yeah. a to to a group, a community, as opposed to just saying, like, oh, I'm a gay woman. Like, there's a difference. And, and like, that's a very specific difference that's purposeful. So people who identify as lesbian versus people who identify as like gay or queer female, like that's a very specific coded, I'm doing this for a reason, this is purposeful. I am a bear, this is a reason, there's a purpose. And I think for some people, like it connects to that masculinity thing, like you can, you can out yourself without having to use the word gay. And I think for some people that feels very comfortable. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, you don't have to, you, you can kind of distance yourself from that label. Mom, no, I'm not gay. I'm just a bear. <laughs> just don't Google it. Just don't Google it. Or, or, or alt- don't Google or alt- it. Oh my God, I can Bearlo.com. tell. <laughs> I can tell my mom bear story. Okay, so this one time I was in Omaha. Uh, this is before I moved to Connecticut. So my mom went to Phoenix for um, like a friend's birthday party or something like that. It's one of those like middle-aged white people thing that you do. You you fly to Phoenix for a birthday. So, like, their final dinner, they they had, um, I guess, the husband of the friend would, like, not went missing, but, like, just kind of went off on his own while um, these uh, middle-aged white women were kind of doing their thing. And so when he comes back, he's like, I just met the most interesting group of men. And there are these, like, portly men, and they're having a dinner, and... When I asked them what they were doing, they said that they were celebrating the amount of money they gave to charity as a result of their bear run. Um, but it was funny because the way that she actually said it, um, I've always heard bear run, emphasis on the word bear, but she emphasized run, and then went on to say, like, we had no idea what that meant, and and so we just imagined these men just, like, doing, like, a 5K naked, and that would be, like, so not fun. And I'm just like, no more color in my face, and I'm about to out my mother to bear culture and explain in the high V on 90th and Dodge. Actually, mother, um, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then she got mad at me, so I had to explain, like, so bears are. And it was it was awful. Like we were in the Campbell's soup aisle, and I'm just like explaining what bears are. And she said the most terrible terrible thing to me, where she, she I was like, um, yeah, so bears are like they they tend to be like maybe a little bit fatter or maybe like a little bit bigger and not the typical male. Um, beauty and they come together as a community and she goes oh because they're seen as undesirable and I'm like literally explaining my body type and like describing myself to her and I'm just like no but okay was your mom throwing shade oh uh, yeah no my she was throwing shade without even realizing it she was she was opening the umbrella to protect herself from the rain but <laughs> instead through shade so that is my mother bear story I mean, to be fair, though, they may not have been running a 5K, but they were probably naked at the bear I, I, mean, I keep I keep picturing, like, a bunch of guys running a 5K, but they're being chased by a guy in a bear suit. That's what I keep 
victory for charity. For charity, that would be amazing. That can that be our bear let's, event? Let's let's start it. We could. Are they all wearing like jock straps and singlets yeah. and stuff yeah. like that? Although I don't want to run for five, maybe like five feet. Can we run like a five feet instead? That's true. Five k is a long. That's a long. That's a long <laughs> run, girl. We, we can waddle. <laughs> right. We can. Can we, take a, can we take a segue for that five miles? Because I'll do it. That would oh, okay. I'd be just, into that. Just <laughs> the bear segue. Bears, bear way. The bear way. Yeah. Five k bear way. Well, thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor Patrick. Doctor, McGrady. thank you for Don't, joining us for a uh, second time. We well, really thank you. It. I mean, let's get dinner. <laughs> Okay, so as always, we thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have not subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, you can head over there and subscribe. Also, leave us a review if you like what you're hearing. And after the this episode, of course you like what you're hearing. You can also leave us some stars, which helps us out a lot. You can find us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit or find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. As always, thank you for listening. Yeah, and, and go read my research. I can't wait. Oh yeah, do you want to plug your journal? Should I do that? Is that something we should do? Do it. Oh, um, I have an article coming out about stigma and the body uh, amongst the bear culture in the Journal of Homosexuality. It is now up online. I don't know what issue it'll be in, but you can definitely access it there. Um, and if you and we'll post it on the website. Yes, uh, and it's um, it's about bears and stuff. So go read Patrick's research. Or just read the abstract. Or just read the abstract. It's just really. Ain't, ain't nobody got time to read 20 pages on that. And then follow us all on Instagram. All of us. All the <laughs> hashtags. All the ats. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Bye. Z's.